Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the United States Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me, as always, when we talk about lacrosse is Dairy Field AD and boys head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Joe. We, we talked a minute ago. Again, I'm really glad we're not doing this on camera, man. I am, <laughs> I am tired right now. Two kids are uh -huh. kicking my butt, and uh, lacrosse season's kicking my butt. But it's flying by. It's May 17th. It's almost playoff time, and... Uh, you know, you were looking at the standings there. Things are things are shaping up. It, it's almost playoff time because it I, is almost I've, playoff I've time. Got, I've got jeans on and I got a jacket in my car that I probably should have worn in today because uh, it feels like it feels like uh, April first out there right now. I love it. It's great, great weather to practice in. Let's keep it going. I don't, I, well, I, I want to hear you say that after after uh, the wind takes a couple of balls. I'll take it. Dry and cool. No rain. Right. Yeah, no hot. We'll take it. That's true. All right, well, you can listen to the Nine State Sports Show, whether it's in April, May, or June, uh, every Thursday morning during the lacrosse season by going to nh-highschoolsports.com or wherever you listen to your podcast, including Spotify and Odyssey. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, at NH, NHHS Sports. And you can send us feedback or questions there or to any of those uh, or by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Let me take, you, take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. The Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs Lacrosse. Prolax Customs Lacrosse is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for professional stick stringing and custom dyed lacrosse heads. Prolax Customs has access to every major brand of lacrosse head and mesh, including ECD, String King, and even the new Armor Mesh. And goalies, if you're looking for an upgraded pocket or a brand new stick, Prolax Customs is the place to go. You can find them online at ProlaxCustoms.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook or send an email to ProlaxLacrosse at gmail.com. All right, well, uh, I think we'll start uh, where we kind of always start uh, during the season is with the uh, coaches poll. Uh, the ever-changing coaches poll. Ever, well, all of a sudden now, we, we, were, we were saying the first couple of weeks how this thing never seems to change. Uh, and there is still one thing that has never changed in this poll. Uh, we'll get to that, though. Uh, but now here we are, I think, the third week in a row where the teams uh, in the two to five spots have um, just gone all over the place. Um, you know, once again, you got BG as the unanimous uh, number one choice. Uh, you know, I'll have to look up, look that up for uh, next week to see how many weeks in a row that's been, because uh, I feel like it's probably up to like 30 something at this point. It's been a it's been a while since I mean, before COVID. A couple teams have gotten some first place votes, but I think they've been firmly entrenched sure. in there for a while. Yeah. Even with the the really strong out of state schedule yeah. they've played, um, you know, it's they're on an <laughs> island and they deserve it until until somebody knocks yeah. them off. You know, uh, you know. Then you've got uh, this week, uh, Dairyfield and Portsmouth switching spots. Uh, Portsmouth going back up to number two from five. Dairyfield going from two to five. And then you've got Exeter and Pinkerton also switching spots. Pinkerton going up from three, four to three, Exeter from three to four. Uh, and if that's too much change for you, here's the constant. Bedford, once again, number six. Holding steady on that spot, no matter what seems to happen. Uh, Bedford is the, uh, the uh, not quite unanimous, but, but the the. The I coach's thought there choice might, for I six. thought there was a chance for a little bit of movement there. They had again, uh, you know, they weren't able to pull out the win, but they've been playing teams really close, and they had a great game with Exeter the other day. They were actually, they were actually, up they were up, but that was after the. That's true. That is true, after but the. But they pull. still had, they had that game against Marblehead last yep. week that they they nearly yep. pulled that one out. So yeah, some some good so the Bulldogs doing some good things over yeah. there. Um, you know, I think I think we've said it for a while. The the two through six spots. I mean, you can kind of argue 
that those teams, you know, depending on a, a coach's preference, could put them wherever they want in there. And and we've also mentioned that, you know, teams have gone through bouts of injuries and guys are coming back, and it's hard to know from, from week to week uh, where teams truly are. But I, I think that's a, you know, it's a really good uh, top six right now with, with BG on an island. Yeah. Uh, so after being tied last week for seventh, uh, Timberlane and Londonderry separated there. Timberlane's back at seven alone. Londonderry at eight alone. Uh, Merrimack, maybe not for long. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, Merrimack held on to the ninth spot. And then uh, in the last, the last minute, this actually came down to the last poll that I got this week. Uh, it was looking like Winnicott was going to sneak in to the, back into the top ten. Um, and then the last one that came in, St. Thomas got an extra point there. They held on to the 10 spot. Winnicott, the first team out um, right behind them. They've been on a bit of a run since early in the season. And then uh, Bo, Wyndham, and Campbell, I think for the first time this year, uh, all getting votes. Uh, although maybe that was some bad luck for Campbell there, <laughs> getting that getting that vote this week. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that coming up too. Um, but any anybody, you know, we've got uh, 14 teams there that are getting recognition in the polls. Anybody that you look at and say, you know, also could be deserving of uh, of some convert being in the conversation for this. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you you hit on it before. I think Pat Snow and the Winnicott Warriors there, they've got an opportunity over the next week uh, with some Seacoast rivals there with Dover, Oyster River, and Timberlane coming up to kind of to kind of uh, continue their hot streak. I mean, since dropping dropping their first three games. They've won, uh, was it seven, seven, seven straight? in a row, yeah. seven in a row. And they've been putting up some impressive point totals. Seems like things are clicking on the offensive end there. Um, you know, they they've shown that they can they can win tight games. They won a one goal game over Gosstown. They were in a battle with Hollis and then and then pulled away in that yeah, game. Yeah. The um, Gosstown one, I think, was an overtime game, too. If I'm not I mistaken. don't remember off the top of my head, but I know it was it was it was close and it yeah. was a good game. Um, you know, they've got a good win over Wyndham in that mix during vacation week. Um, so yeah, I think I'm really interested to see, uh, two good friends, you know, Pat Snow and, and coach Blasco, coach Ken Blasco, they're going to be going at it next week. And, uh, I think that one's going to be a great one, a chance for both of those teams to show what they've got. Um, Wyndham hanging around, hanging around, playing teams, really playing teams, really tough, only three losses on the season. Um, you know, and they've got an opportunity to finish strong as well. They've got Goffstown coming up in, in St. Thomas. So an opportunity for them to pick up, you know, a couple couple good wins there. Um, you know, those two teams kind of stand out to me. And then you got Bo right now, right in Division Three. That's that's still undefeated, and and they're getting um, getting some some look at the at the top ten as well. Anybody else that y- you can kind of see that you feel might deserve those? Are, I think those are the, the the obvious ones that you that you hit on there. Um, you know, there are some teams that are having really nice seasons that I just don't I don't know if they're there. Maybe if we were doing a top. 15 or a top 20 you know that would would certainly be well, playoffs in the are mix certainly going to help yeah. too once yeah. playoffs hit, you know teams that maybe have played a harder schedule that may have a few more losses if they advance in the playoffs i think i think that'll turn sure. the, the coaches heads yeah. in the poll too and they yeah. may end up may land in there at the end of the year yeah um yeah you mentioned uh windham playing some teams the the game i saw last or i saw the second half of that windham hollis brookline game last week that was an overtime game and and i thought windham was was I, they were they were on the ropes they were done i thought yeah. um you know, down fourth, three. I want to say three. I think it was point? it was eight five. Uh, maybe yeah. they got it to eight six, and then Hollis scored to make it nine six. And I thought they it looked like they looked were like, done. Yeah, it was like five minutes like, left in yeah. the game. Yeah, um, they came back and tied it, and then won in overtime. That was a yeah that that one. I mean, I, I 
I feel like they almost had no business winning that game just because I mean Hollis had done a lot to to build sure. that lead and 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 hold on to the ball but that was yeah you're right they're playing some teams really well Winnicott's um schedule the rest of the way I really find interesting you know because they you mentioned they lost those three games early in the year to Portsmouth Dairyfield and St. Thomas so some really tough uh a tough way to start the season um you, you know they finish with Timberlane and then going to Sauhegan and to Alvern teams that are below them in the standings but you know certainly not uh the easiest of road trips for uh, for a Seacoast team no so yeah it'd be interesting to see how that turns out and then of course we've got Bowen Campbell on Friday uh, which, uh, you know, that should be an, another interesting one, too. Uh, you're talking about, you know, both Campbell looking for a little bounce-back game yeah. there after yeah. after dropping one to a hot Pelham team right now that we'll, we'll talk a yeah. little bit more about when we get into the D3 talk there. But uh, um, First, um, let's talk um, some playoffs uh, even more. And, and in Division 1, I... Division 1, <laughs> the bottom of that Division 1 standing. Because it's so... It's so Always fa- entertaining. It's, it's so fascinating to me, and I'm starting to wonder... Does does anybody want those uh, those seven and eight seeds? You know, last week we talked about you know Nashua North um, with coming off a great win over South, looking like they were in a position to grab that spot. They've now lost four in a row by I want to say like an average of ten goals, maybe twelve. Um, you know, so they're they're still believe it or not holding on to the eight spot right now. Um, but I, you know, it looked like they it, it looked like they were going to maybe make it a little bit more secure. Uh, than it is. Then you got uh, Salem, who had a really nice win the other day against Sauhegan. Looked like they were moving up into that spot. They turned around Tuesday then and lose to Nashua South. Nashua South, now at three wins. They lost last Friday to Manchester, uh, a team that they beat earlier in the year. So now Manchester uh, getting back-to-back wins against South and Trinity. They're, um, you know, they're, they're certainly... Not the favorites, I would say, to grab one of those spots, but in the mix now with a couple of wins, and then that, and I even get to Concord and Dover, who are now Concord, also Concord's right got there an too. Opportunity for some wins yeah. down the stretch. I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take at least five wins to get in there right now. North North is sitting at four right now. Uh, I critical matchup today, right as we're recording this. Uh, South and North play each other There's today. Their second time, second, second meeting, yeah, second meeting. Um, you know that that can go a long way in determining. Uh, play, you know, and then and then North has Dover two days later. Um, so I I think you're going to know by the end of this week whether or not uh, North is going to be a playoff team, depending on the outcome of those two of those two games there. But Concord's got some very winnable games left on their schedule at the end there. They could easily get to five or six wins. You know, then you look at at, at uh, we'll have some elimination games probably coming up too. You mentioned Concord; they've got Salem uh, to end the season on the on the uh, 24th, so next Wednesday. Uh, Dover and Manchester play each other uh, that final Wednesday too. Uh, could be another elimination game. Um, you know, it, it's and then um, oh no, that's the wrong, <laughs> I was looking at the wrong team there. Um, yeah, and like you said, Nashville, Nashville North with a couple winnable games coming up before they finish with with Pinkerton and and, and BG. Um, and it really does. It's like it's 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 almost like they're beating each other up it's like a, a little uh what regular season round robin there to get the those final two spots <laughs> are they exactly which team by attrition which team's going to be healthiest and be able to hang on to it at the end um and, you know another go for it well i was just going to say and then the other side of that is who are they going to play you know we, we're we're 10 days away from the end of the regular season here as we're recording this 
and there's there are five teams that could end up legitimately have a shot at the number one seed in Division One, and there's a good chance that th- whoever ends up in that spot has f- something like five losses. I, well, I was just looking at that. I I was to your point. I was looking at Ken Merrimack hang on to to a, a two seed or possibly even go further. I, looking at their schedule, I I don't think it's unrealistic for them to go two and two down the stretch and finish ten and ten and five or even better or, th- or th- better well, than that. Well, I think they no, they'd be nine and five because I think they only have fourteen games on their schedule. They they basically they basically. I'm looking at the NHI website, so it's oh, they, I don't know what's oh, good. They, unless they unless they've doubled up on something. They've got it, by the NHI website, they've got eight wins right now with four with okay, four games yeah, left yeah, to play. You're right. You're right. Um. So. I, I think it's, you know, they, they have a critical matchup with Salem on Friday. They've got Nashua South to end the season. They've got Bedford and Exeter uh, sandwiched in between there. Um, you know, so, you know, if they end up if they end up 10 and 10 and 5, is that good enough? I think it's good enough for a top four seed this year. Um, you know, can they hang on to a two seed or or if things fall differently? Could they could they be the one seed? <laughs> I mean, the key for them, I think, you know, uh, they got to go to Exeter in that mix, too, like you said. Right. That's going to be a tough one, but the key, I think, is that Bedford game on on Monday. Uh, you know, if they pull out a win there and they finish eleven and four, let's say, you know, Exeter is at five losses already. Pinkerton and BG play on Thursday. Pinkerton could get to five losses there. BG still has, you know, BC High and Acton Boxborough on its out of state schedule. They lose those games. They're at five losses. That moves Exeter, or excuse me, moves Merrimack up to that number one spot if they beat Bedford next week. Bedford and, and then Bedford, a team that's been pretty hot right now, playing teams really close. They they've got a they've got a rematch with Londonderry coming up next week too. Um, you know that was a one goal win for them last time. That's huge for the seat. That's huge for seedings. Going and then, and then they end the year at Pinkerton. Yeah. So yeah, this is it's far from over as in terms of seeding. Um, it could change every day uh, from here on out. And as you you know, I. I'm thoroughly going to enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, BG, BG has been obviously, you know, a juggernaut. They're playing really well, but you know, they've got to finish up. They've got Pinkerton, they've got BC High, they've got Acton Boxborough sandwiched in between, you know, a North game in there. Or I'm sorry, to, in after a North game on the 24th next week, they've got Acton Boxborough the next day. That's a pretty, that's a pretty ambitious schedule left there to play definitely going to get them ready for the definitely going to get them ready for the playoffs but you know hardly any virtual guaranteed locked wins in there um during that time you know and they they're coming off uh a tough loss on tuesday to to st john's prep um in you know really good really good comeback a lot of fight a lot of grit there's been you know they've got three losses now um the overtime loss to staples the the loss to archbishop stepanak where they they fell behind early and came back and made that a three goal game. And then it felt like against prep, they were just chasing them the entire time, you know, after from about midway through the second quarter on. Uh, and really what it's been, I think in all three of those games, you can, you can pinpoint the same thing has been the problem is they just have a stretch of play where things just, I don't want to necessarily say fall apart, but they, they make mistakes that they don't normally make. And against teams like that, teams like that capitalize on those mistakes. You know, we we said they're up 10-5 in the fourth quarter against Staples, end up going to overtime 10-10. You know, I want to say they were down like, what, 13-4 or 13-5 to 
to Stepanak uh, before they came back because they had a really bad second quarter in that one. Yesterday it was the third quarter. They made some. They they had a ton of uh, failed clears in that third quarter that led to goals. And you know, outside of that, it's a it's a different game. I mean, they lose that game by one. They still had a chance to win it in the final minute, yeah. but but couldn't get a shot. Um, they're right there with these teams. Right. It's just they they have these little lapses where y- everything flips on them. They're gonna have another chance. BC High recently recently broke the uh, broke into the top twenty five poll, the the national poll there okay. uh, for ranking. So they'll have another shot coming up there. I mean. Again, it stinks that they're not getting over the top, but an incredible, you know, with that schedule, they're, you know, four or five goals away from being undefeated and having having three ranked wins over uh, top 25 ranked wins. Well, I mean, they they yeah. should be they uh, hard with three losses, but like you could argue that they they are a top they're, 25 they're team there, yeah. right now in the nation. Uh, you know, and the other interesting thing is, you know, outside of the the Staples game was played at a neutral site, right? Yep. Acton Boxborough, they're going on the road there because they, they played at Stellos last year. Yep. Those other four games, BC High, St. John's Prep, Archbishop Stepanek, and, and Hingham way back in that first game, they all came to Nashua. They're, they're coming to Nashua to play. That, I think, in and of itself tells you how much maybe they flipped things uh, from the early days when they had to go on the road to play, you know, Needham or Lincoln Sudbury, or they're going to neutral sites to play Duxbury every. A lot year. of respect yeah. for the for the Cardinal program right now. What Coach Cameron's done there, and um, you know, there's also I think there was also a little bit some of these teams. You know, I think I think doubted this year. I think they thought the Cardinals might be down a little bit this year, and said, "Yeah, sure, we'll come play you up at your place <laughs> this year." Didn't realize that you know they've they they've got a very good they've got yeah, a very they've good they've gotten team. good tests yeah. um but it, yes very cool for New Hampshire that we've gotten to host some of those and, and a lot of people have gotten yeah. out to see some yeah. really good lacrosse right in the backyard you know um and then on Thursday uh, we have the more uh, you know new ha- traditional New Hampshire New Hampshire rivalry game uh, taking place at Stellos with uh, with BG hosting Pinkerton. Uh, I think that's now a uh, a 4:30 start if I saw that correctly. Yeah, um, so that game takes place on Thursday, and you know, I, I, BG's won you know a couple in a row um, against Pinkerton now. Um, you know, they've it's been Exeter that's kind of surpassed Pinkerton and been in the finals the last couple of years. I th- I'd say though that in the since you know since um, the 2019 championship game that Pinkerton won, this might be the best team they've had to go against BG. I would I would say so. Um, you know, I think I think from, you know, across the board, defense, offense, you know, special teams facing off, um, you know, th- this is a Pinkerton team. I was just thinking about that actually, Joe. I think it's two teams that like they realize that what are we going to show each other right now, right? Like I think you're going to see a, a hard a hard fought game on on uh coming up on Thursday, but I don't I don't think you're going to see too many crazy things. I would be surprised if if either coach uh, showed too much outside of what they've already put on tape this year because it's two teams that are probably going to see each other again. So why pull that out now, right? We, we've already said that the, the D1 standings are a mess anyway and people are going to be in weird, you know, positions come playoff time. So um, I think it's two teams that, you know, potentially could see each other in a, in a semifinal, hopefully not in a quarterfinal, but definitely, you know, in a semifinal right. or in a final. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at last year um, – you know, I just pulled this up. And I thought their semifinal game was closer last year, but they BG won in the regular season, sixteen to four, in a game that was, I think, kind of out of hand at halftime, if I'm remembering correctly. That that both teams started subbing in guys in the second half, and it certainly had that feel of, all right, well, this game, 
would be fun to win. You know, for Pinkerton, it'd be nice to win now, but this isn't the game that counts. Uh, ultimately, um, BG won thirteen to six in the semifinal, but I feel like that game was maybe closer in the first half. Yeah. Uh, before BG was able to pull away, so yeah, certainly, uh, I, I'm still gonna go on Thursday because I, you know, I want to see this game. But uh, it sounds like you're telling me not to expect. Uh, I think it's any gonna be a fun game. Yeah. Like I think it, I think it's gonna you're gonna see a lot of individual matchups. Um, I think you're gonna see you know just I. I Vanilla isn't the right word, but I just I don't think you're going to see a lot of fireworks. I don't think you're going to see, um, you know, exotic rides or like, you know, I, I think the man up and man down is going to be pretty, again, vanilla, because I just I why would you show why would you show anything right now? You know, like picking up a for Pinkerton to pick up a win right now. It's cool. But like, what's it really going to do in terms of standings? You know, like if you're if you're going to win and if you're going to win a state championship, you're probably going to play each other again. So you know why why show that now well let's uh let's move on to a game that that kind of bridges uh the gap or, or makes our transition from d1 to d2 and that was uh monday's game um where portsmouth goes out to play londonderry uh coming off of the big win last week against against your guys Derry field um that was a 9-8 game win for portsmouth they awesome turn around game to be a part of. Yeah, hate, hate being on the losing end, but that that was an incredible that was an incredible game. Great atmosphere. It felt like um, a playoff game. Felt like yeah. a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they turn around on Monday and 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 fall to at Londonderry eight to five. Um, I'm sure you know there were you know I don't know all the details um, from that one. Um, I know they were up. Portsmouth was up five one at one point. Wow. They were up five two at the half. And then um, just an incredible effort from Londonderry in the yeah. second half. Basically shut him out at that point. Um, Nate Pedrick had four goals for Londonderry in the win. Uh, I think a, a big turning point in the second half. Uh, Aiden Hurd intercepted a pass on a ride. Gave him a little cushion with about two minutes left to, left to play. Um, just sounds like, you know, and again, you get a travel out to Londonderry. That field is, is not easy no. to play on. It's always, you know, going a turf team, going to grass, coming off an emotional win. You know, I think Coach Fisher even said it there. He was nervous about about that, right? You're you're playing a good D1 team, a battle-tested D1 team, one that's you know not afraid to be physical. They're used to playing low-scoring games, keeping games within reach, and and just keep grinding. And that's probably a little bit of what happened there is maybe a little bit of a letdown. And then you know, a, a, a Londonderry team that's that's starting to believe. Coach Wiedenfeld's got his guys playing well. They're used to grinding out wins, and um, you know, just did did a great job pulling that win off. I mean that's a huge win for them, not just for you know the fact that it gets them back to six and six uh, in the standings, but just confidence-wise, you know if they if they lose another close game there, they've been in a lot of close games this year. It feels like and come out on the wrong end against some of the top teams. Yeah, and that that would be another tough one to take. You know if that ends up that way. Coach Wiedenfeld, he he's teaching the guy. You're, you're changing culture there. He's teaching the team how to win. Right, you're in those close games. You're you're going up against teams. It takes a little bit of time to do that. And that you know that win over Portsmouth was a huge was a huge stepping stone for them to to do that. Um, but again, back to back to our our game last week. I mean, you know, hats hats off to Portsmouth. They played really well. The stars came out to play in that game. Uh, Nick Smith played well in that game, facing off. Had a couple goals, uh, you know, as a, as a field player out there. Zach Amen did his thing, got got some points there. Um, you know, um, I, I 
Gunner Jackson thought played played well on defense. Absolutely, Macy yeah. Schoen played well on defense. Any other guys stand out to you kind of in that game? Um, you know, what what stood out to me, at least from the, the Portsmouth side of things, wasn't so much anybody in particular. It mm -hmm. was the way they all kind of played. Yeah, I thought they played this, really well you know, as a like team. They, they yeah. raised, and that was one of the things that, that, that Coach Fisher talked about afterwards was he thought that they played a little bit more like you guys are this year, how Portsmouth was last year, where – you know, and maybe some other big games, they've leaned a little bit heavier on some of their their top guys, whereas against you know against Derryfield, they had they got contributions from uh, from everybody. I mean, Zach had two goals. Nick Smith, you mentioned, had two goals, and then there were a couple other guys couple that, other guys that, scored. Was, that chipped you know, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, one that I had to go back and check a couple times because notes were kind of messed up. I wanted to make sure I had the right guy <laughs> before I went and you know mentioned it anywhere, but. You know, and then their goalie, um, Kai, Kai Patterson. Kai did it. Kai, Kai did a good job. He did made it, some yeah, saves yeah. when, when not, they needed to make some saves. Not that they were any. Well, well, the one that the one, biggest one to me was probably the one on 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 Quinn Silvio early in the fourth quarter, where it looks like ninety nine times out of a hundred he scores a goal there, and that was the one time where you know he gets Kai commits high, kind of. I don't know if he jumped, but he came up high, and Quinn went low, and it it hit his foot and trickles away um that i thought that changed the complexion of the game i mean you got definitely think was, a momentum we I had think, chances but yeah. definitely a momentum swing yeah. you know the, a lot of things you know i i believe they were up by one and that would have that, that would have tied, tied it. that would have tied it there tie and, it, uh, yep. but but that would have um, tied it earlier right and so you know just things like that you know and then when you don't tie it right and you're spending more energy trying to you know yeah that absolutely i mean as as a goalie and as a goalie coach i talk about that all the time is like you're not expected to make a save like that but when you do Right. It definitely it brings energy. It swings the momentum. It brings energy into you guys. Maybe their their legs are a little less tired than the hey, my goalie did that for us. You know, we're gonna fight a little we're gonna fight a little bit harder there. Um, so yeah, I mean just as you said, incredible game, electric atmosphere, um, really fun. FNL was doing the game, a lot yeah, of fun to be yeah. a part of. Wish we could have pulled it out, but uh, you know, again, I I think my guys learned learned a lot from it too. Service well going into the playoffs there, opened our eyes a little bit on on some things that we've got to work on. You know, one other thing that kind of stood out to me is a, maybe a bit of a, a turning point. You know, that, that third quarter, uh, Portsmouth gets a 7-4 lead. And, um, you know, not, I don't snowballed. Say, it could have Yes, it, it, it felt like snowballed. it was maybe on the verge of snowballing. And the Portsmouth bench gets a, a conduct uh, foul. <laughs> and um, after the goal, so, you know, there's no face-off. Derryfield gets the ball. He didn't score, like, right off of that. But eventually it led to a goal which then turned like into a 3-0 run. Yep. It's 7-7 going into the fourth quarter instead of, I don't know, 8-5, yeah. eight, eight, let's say. Right. You know, so that that was um, – to capitalize on that opportunity was big. Uh, the kind of things that you need to do in those games. You right. Know, the, the, when you have those chances, you have to take advantage of them. And it's one of those you look at and you say – Man, I hope we get a, a round two. You know, it, it's not it, it. It what's that's kind of maybe what was funny afterwards was that it just felt everybody kind of left there feeling like, well, that was a good first game. Can't can't wait for the second one. And we need, we need know, a we need a grudge match. The uh, the series is now tied five all since we since we moved up the division two. Yeah. So uh, you know we'll see if, see if it happens <laughs> this year. Uh, so yeah, hopefully hopefully that'll that'll be your championship game match. That's what I'm I'm. Uh, hoping for there. Uh, I think there's a lot of other teams in D2 that are that, that are, are hoping are not, that are rooting are, against yeah, they're rooting that. Against so. that, sure. And I, um, apologies to those teams. And there's been some. There's been some. Uh, there's there's been some good uh, matchups lately there in D2. Yeah, um, I think you mentioned one earlier was uh, Timberlane and Wyndham um, earlier this week. 
uh, that was for to potentially kind of, yeah, help the to three seed. Yeah, help the, yeah. the seedings there. Um, you know, Timberlane, Timberlane again, really strong defense coming through. Well, uh, nine, nine, three, nine, yeah, three win. Timberlane was, was you know, um, you know, that it, Timberlane is going to lean heavily on their defense. Brady Marston and Gold. Not that they don't have, not that they don't have offensive weapons. Uh, you know, Braden Bowman and Mikey Savage and and. Um, Condon, they've got guys that can put the ball in the back of the net, but they are always that is their identity. They are going to be, they're going to come out, they're going to be tough, they're going to be physical, they're going to bring bring the intensity to you, um, and that that's an impress. You know, looking at the scores that Wyndham's put up to hold them to three goals, that's a pretty impressive performance. You know, and it, and it shows too that the uh, the seventeen that you guys scored on them, uh, very much a, a fluke, I would say. Um, I had a couple of well, people. Well, that's going that. on the bulletin board, Joe. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Um, you know, it, it. I had a couple of people ask me that though, like, how did that happen? You know, it, I mean, I, oh, I guess Timberlane's not very good. I was like, no, they are very good. They're not 15 goal difference there. It just was a, a bad day. Uh, I mean, you look, you you go and look at since they've allowed, what, five, five, and three in their last three games, and then leading up to that game, the previous four. They they'd given up I think sixteen total goals, so it's not you know it, it's it's very much an anomaly. Those things those things happen. I can think of I can think of several times in my coaching career where we've been on that on on the opposite side of that where you know you, you you're like how the heck do we just got blitzed? How the heck did that happen? And then you rebound. Sometimes you know you're also you're you're also coaching high school kids, and every once in a while high school kids have a bad day, and you can be a great team, and you know it just doesn't it just doesn't bounce your way. So. Yeah, again, I think Timberlane is definitely one of those D2 teams that's uh, going to have a say in how, how things turn out at the end of the season. You know, we talked about um, Winnicott earlier, um, kind of going on a run. Um, they've got, you know, I think you mentioned uh, a big game with, with Timberlane coming up two next week. Um, other interesting matchups, Dover Wednesday night, so they'll have played, you know, after this is out. Um, Oyster River on Friday. Um, Sauhegan and Alvern to finish out the year. All those on the road too, except for the Timberlane game. Yep. So that's a, a fun way to finish the season. But they're they're looking like they're putting themselves in the spot that that we maybe thought that they would be. You know, once everything was said and done. You knew. You know, I knew. I knew coming. In, you know, we knew that they were they were replacing a defense. They had a new goalie. They've had some experienced offensive players. We knew that. You know, it was just going to take a little bit of time and. You know, maybe playing three three really good teams in the beginning of the season was actually the best thing that could have happened for them. They stayed mentally strong and were able to work through some things, and they saw, you know, what they needed to work on early, and and now are rolling because of it. You know, the other other big game um, that kind of maybe flew under the radar a little bit in terms of standings in, in Division Two was that Salem Sauhegan game that we talked about a little earlier. Uh, you know, with Salem getting a nine eight win in that one, really feels like a missed opportunity for Sauhegan. They'd been playing really well. Getting healthy, going, too. Get, yeah, guys, are, yeah. guys are coming back. Cole yeah. Manning back in the lineup for them. Um, you know, they win that game. They go to, I think, what, 8-5 eight and, eight and five or 8-4 and four instead of 7-5, and yeah. five, I think. Yep. Um, but not only that, they get that extra point for right. the Division One win. Right. Um, which kind of, you know, which will help with, with seeding. Um, you know, they were down 6-2 to two at, ha- at halftime in that one. Uh, before coming back and like I said losing nine to eight so that was kind of a a bit of a bummer to see for them like I said they've been playing really well you know they've Huge got a game for them yeah. against Winnicunit today uh oh actually I think that got rescheduled 
Yeah, then that maybe one, it's not. It's, then maybe it's not today. <laughs> it's not today. It is. Uh, it is next week because Winter Cunningham's got Dover today. Oh, okay. Um, it's changed on the. Yeah, that here. There you go. The the joys of. It's not connected this, on the, the NHI yeah, website, yeah. but that's all right. Um, that is actually next when or next Thursday. Um, although I'm not sure what time because I've seen two different times. But anyway, they'll they'll play eventually. Uh, <laughs> you would assume. Um, Sauhegan's also got trips to Hanover and St. Thomas uh, left on the schedule too. So opportunities to get wins, but but tough ones on the road. Yeah. Um, anybody else? Um, anything else in D two kind of stand out to you this past uh, past week? Uh, you know, I, I you had mentioned Oyster River earlier. They they're they're playing they're playing well right now with a really young team. Uh, Coach Haley's got a lot of freshmen giving uh, giving contributions to them right now, and they've got a chance to win uh, to finish with double digit wins this year too, and in a in a, a nice seed there. I think I think they're I want to say they're firmly in a in a if things shake out the way that I think they will, they're they're going to be firmly a top top seven, maybe a top six seed. Um, when things are all said and done here. Yeah, I know that was one of their goals this year, too, was to get a home playoff game. I'm pretty uh, sure they're going to get it. You would get that finish yeah. in the top eight, and yep. it's certainly looking like that's a possibility. Um, had an interesting game, I want to say it was Tuesday, uh, between Alvern and Conval, kind of two teams that are, are in that um, maybe have an outside shot at grabbing one of those home games, but certainly look, you know, a, a matchup where there may be the 9 or 10 seed uh, with Alvern, uh, who's really turned things around of late, getting a win in that one, close win in that one. What that puts them, I think, at six and six on the year. Um, you know, and, and then Conval as well, uh, either five and six or six and six as well. I, the, the, again, with the they're schedules. At five, not, they're at five and six. Five and six. six yeah. Five okay. and six, yep. So both those teams, you know, having really nice years. Um, you know, not to say that, that we didn't expect them to be you know, competitive teams, but they're pulling out wins, um, you know, that, that maybe we didn't think they were going to and, and have shown a little bit more, uh, I think. Yeah. So, I, you know, just kind of like D1, it, there's still a lot of see, even though we look at the stains, we kind of know some things. There's still a lot of, there's going to be a lot of movement over the next couple of weeks. There's um, certainly groups of teams. We just don't know how those groups are going to to work themselves out because everybody's so bunched together. Normally by now as a coach, I could usually tell you who my who I think my quarterfinal like opponent's going to be. I have no clue. I feel like it was a little bit like that last like there was a little yeah. bit of that last year, but it maybe to a lesser degree. I think a little lesser degree. There, there is a lot, you know, with just how closely teams are playing each other, how how much parity there is this year. I I it's a little bit harder to project who who those teams are. I think you can project the field, but uh, the matchups are going to be matchups are going to be tough until that last week. Well, if you are, uh, you but you'll really, take a stab at it. At I will your website, take a, I'm sure. I will take a stab at it. Uh, the one I'm not looking forward to taking a stab at though is Division Three, um, because there is, I mean, there's nothing but uh, outside of knowing that Bo is 11 and 0 undefeated. We thought we had this figured out a couple weeks ago. And we it's... thought we had it figured out, and then it doesn't. You know, it doesn't help matters. That, like you said, that when games get rescheduled, they sometimes get disconnected on the, on the NHIA's website, or they just disappear entirely. Uh, which, um, you know, if you had the eagle eye on my website this, earlier this week, uh, you'll notice that there were some changes made after I posted the playoff picture because I realized uh, it was pointed out to me that there were games missing on the standings. So uh, don't believe what you see uh, when you look at the NHIA website in terms of D3 standings because um, y- you got to dig a little bit deeper, I think. But what we do know, uh, Bo is undefeated. Um, they 
will have played Guilford on Wednesday when everybody hears this, and then Campbell uh, took their first loss on Monday to Pelham. In kind of a, I, I was a little bit surprised by the score to eight eight to one. Um, you know, Campbell's been playing really good defense all year. Um, their offense has been shaky at times, but still um, giving up eight and only getting one. I was, I, I was I'm really interested. I, I wish I had reached out. I did reach out and say congratulations to Coach Johnson and, and, and the, the crew over there, but um, I didn't get any any notes on it. To hold Campbell to one goal, that's pretty good. I mean, we, we have no – you know, this year they're not as high scoring as they've been in the past, but they've scored double digits in a lot of games this season. Yeah, and yeah. to hold them under five, like that that's that's really impressive. You know, it, it's a Pelham team that's as hot as anybody right now. Um you know, I, I will – I'm interested to see that, like you said, that bow game up at Guilford today, um, not an easy place to travel to, not an easy and, field to play and on. And that's – Guilford is a team I, that I don't think anybody's been able to figure out. They are all over the place results-wise. Yep, yep. Holding – you know, holding te- – they were holding teams to really low scores for a while, and then maybe some film got out on them, and then they started giving up, and then, you know, they turn around and they get a good win over Lebanon, hold them to four goals. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that, what that bow score turns out to be uh, today. Yeah, it sounds like you know I did I did get uh, uh, a note on that uh, Campbell Pelham game from from Josh Knight, just saying that they made a lot of um, a lot of mental mistakes and and trouble catching and throwing, um, which that'll do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which you know I I mean they're they're still you know we talked about their defense and how experienced they are. I, I on wouldn't that count them out. They're the opposite on offense. I think they've got some good guys that are back on that team, but they're they're a lot of young guys yeah. stepping in and contributing for the first time and. And against a, a tough uh, physical team like Pelham, um, you know that's that makes a lot of sense. That that's maybe the the, the problems that you see um, in that one. You know, I, I guess um, you know they and then they've got another tough. They they were playing another tough one Wednesday uh, with Laconia coming to town for a, a five thirty game. So depending on what happens with that one, happened with that one Friday's game, it's either a uh, you know an undefeated or one loss bow against a one loss or two loss Campbell, Campbell team still going to still um, going to still going to do a lot to determine the um the, you know the seedings there even you know if Campbell can can get through Laconia today get a win there you know if they were able to upset Bo they'd have that head to head tiebreaker with Bo they could end up as the one seed absolutely so, you know. uh and you know what they don't play the same number of games either I, th- I think I'm I'm Last time I tried counting, okay, we did this earlier, though, and it, it didn't work Regardless, out. Regardless, so well, a one-loss team will always finish below an undefeated team. Oh, sure, by, absolutely. By, rate, yeah, by rating. Yeah, but if yeah. they were able to I, – I don't think Bo has any Division Two or Division One wins, right? So no. they, they don't have any extra points, correct? So No, there's not really any teams. Um, Trinity was the only one playing up out of division, right? I think, this year. Um, so the head-to-head, the head-to-head matchup with, with Campbell and Bo on Friday is definitely a, definitely a big one there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd uh, one of the other teams we talked about, you know, early in the year being up there was Co Brown. Um, I know they had a tough stretch, uh, three losses in four games there, including an overtime loss to, to Campbell. Uh, they've back bounced bounced back kind of nicely the last few games, getting wins over Bishop Brady, Interlakes. Um, sounds like they're starting to play pretty well together, getting things headed in the right direction at the right time. Um, you know, in that Interlakes game, they got a nice. Uh, nice performance from um, Joe Fenton, four goals, three assists in that one. Jack Matson has been solid for them in goal all year. And then uh, Landon Midwood has been pretty good at their faceoffs for them, uh, 12 and 19 the other day against Interlake. Really so, yeah. 
he's having a nice season, and and there looks like they're like I said headed in the right direction. Huge game for both Hopkinson and them today. Coming up I mean, on Wednesday, yeah. You know, um, Cole Brown with four losses right now. Hopkinson with three, maybe four losses. <laughs> four losses. We don't four no, losses. You sure losses. it's four? Yes, okay. Yeah. So again, huge seed. Probably, probably, uh, you know, a top four seed might be yeah, on the line here absolutely. with that game. Uh, top four seed and having to play in. Well, not just that, but play in the play-in round or, yeah. or the opening round. Yep. Um, you know, because with the with the change in or added teams to the division, I think the playoff changes a little bit. So you you get ten teams in the playoffs. So the top six all move on to the quarterfinals with a bye. Uh, so yeah, there that's that's um, the added incentive there too. Is I guess to have a couple extra days off. You know, if if you prefer that. But you mentioned, you know, Co Brown plays. Hopkinton Wednesday, Stevens Thursday, Plymouth Friday. Uh, a couple other teams have that, but the one that really gets me, Bishop Brady. Uh, they played Laconia on Monday, Stevens Tuesday. They're scheduled to play Milford Wednesday, Kearsarge Thursday. Then they get two days off. <laughs> well, that was nice. And then that they was turn nice. around and play Sunday against Hopkinton, and then Monday against Pelham. That is a that is a killer stretch right there. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh yeah, I mean that's that's the problem of playing in New England without a turf field. Without a turf and field, and then not playing any games over vacation. And week. over vacation week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that totally, that looks like uh, a ba- to me that looks like what happens with a baseball schedule this time of year. <laughs> that is that is tough, especially I mean, when least, you have a week of rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe I they're not the only ones. I you know just to switch gears a little bit here too. I believe. There was a girls' team um, that has the similar, or, or maybe something even worse. I think they played, Cole Brown's playing three. Um, Cole Brown's playing four games in five days. Yeah. They got Interlake. They played Interlakes. They've got Hopkinton today. They got Stevens tomorrow. They got uh, Plymouth on Saturday. So they're they're playing four in five days. Uh, just to uh, oh no, this this did change here. Never mind. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I I don't know. You know, is it worth it to have the week off, the the vacation week completely off? If you've then got to play, I, I think six to me, no. It, I think you lose a lot. Of, I think you lose a lot of momentum. I think even if you're trying to practice during that time, you don't have everybody there. If that's you know, if that's what's going on, because a lot of a lot of people look at that. Well, we don't have any games, so we're gonna you know, we might go away or something, right? right? And yeah. it's just it's hard. And and when you once you start the season and you're playing games, and then you stop and don't play any games for the while, other teams are playing games. I just think you lose a lot of momentum during that time. Um, it it seems like it's a it's a cultural shift that started and, and kind of picked up momentum during COVID because like we couldn't right and people were. I think it needs to swing back the other direction a little bit. If you're a varsity athlete, it's you know you're in season you're playing. I never you know in high school I never I never took vacation when when I was a varsity athlete. You you were in season you played. The one the one year that that my family actually went on vacation over a vacation week. I stayed here so I could go to, and I wasn't even any good, so I didn't need to be there. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I think it was different when you and I were growing up too. More, but we had that was kind of your time that you spent with friends and your teammates, right? And you wanted you wanted to be there I, again. Not to you and I are old now, but you know these kids are they are well connected in other ways, and maybe that's not as big a draw. But I know I just I didn't want to go away because that's where all my friends were. I wanted to be here. I wanted to be with my teammates and be out playing. You know, and so I don't know. Maybe things are different, but uh, I think it needs to shift back the other the other way a little bit. I'm still trying to. We're old now. We're old now, Joe. Man, that explains so much. I now I, I understand a lot more you know, why things are the way they are now. There there are kids that I taught and coached that are now coaching, teaching, and have jobs in the real world, and it's it's freaking me out, man. Not so. just have jobs and teaching, and then but then have multiple children and and 
I haven't know, quite reached oh, that stage I, yet, but like it's close. It's really close. There, there yeah. are a couple, yeah, yeah. My, from my early years of doing this that yeah. they're now coaching and have, yeah, have kids. That's when did that happen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, any uh, any other final thoughts before uh, before we wrap up for uh, for this week? No, just as I said in the beginning, I think uh, it's it's amazing how quickly the season's gone Absolutely. by, and uh, you know, playoffs are right around the corner. We got Memorial Day weekend coming up. Uh, we didn't even really talk about college this week. I was just, of, you know, I was great, just thinking that great was there last week? Any, um, I mean, you know, some some New Hampshire guys. We we talked last week. We did some good performances there. Sean Cameron still still playing, or was still was, playing, was yeah. still playing and playing well. It's fun to see him playing out there. Colton Roms at Utah, um, you know. Uh, the guy we forgot a guy last week too. We uh, ben, ben Abladian at Cornell. Sorry, Ben. Um, <laughs> uh, although, yeah, they're they're um, season. Our boys at Army. Workout. Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. Hey, yeah, I, I well, I texted you Saturday night. That was that was a very big game for me. Uh, and Clark in, Clark winning. Um, was go it ahead, winning goal? Go, go ahead, ahead goal, goal with seven minutes left. Yeah. Um, Maryland came back and tied it after that, but but still, I mean, to be a part of the mix. Yeah. On that. Um, yeah, I had a uh, had a pretty good day with uh, with those games on Saturday. You know, it's funny when that bracket first came out. I was like, "Oh man, Army got kind of screwed in this." And then the more I thought about it, the week went on. I'm like, maybe Maryland got screwed in this. Like, and obviously <laughs> a little they bit, did. Yeah, obviously yeah. they did in the end. But like, you know, the the more I thought about that, I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to be Maryland playing that playing a tough defense like that in a team that was pretty hot. Yeah, I had actually thought that maybe Army should have gotten Bryant seed and played Hopkins, and I thought those could have been flip flop there, but. Uh, Ended up working out in Army's favor. Yeah, and then they get um, what Penn State this week. Um, Would not shock who, me if who, it, you know. I mean, I thought I I don't know. I watched the beginning of that Penn State Princeton game, and the way that was going, I thought that was I thought Princeton had that locked up. I want to say it was what like seven seven nothing seven one. It was at one point. It was looking really good for Sean and the Tigers yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, those, those games are what Saturday and Sunday this week, Saturday and Sunday. Yep. And then, um, you know, and then it'll be, then it'll be the final four of the final week there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, always a good week, always, always a good excuse to, uh, to sit around the TV <laughs> and take a nice Absolutely. relaxing weekend. Uh, you know, and before we wrap up too, I'd like to just, um, just say thank you to everybody that, uh, that's been listening to the show again this season and have been following the site. Um, I've had uh, actually quite a few people come up to me in the last couple of weeks to say hi, introduce themselves, just say how much they, they like what we're doing. Um, and I just wanted to say that, you know, again, thank you. That's very, much, very appreciated. I, I do, you know, I may not seem like it at the time because I'm, you know, believe it or not, a very social, awkward, per- awkward person. So it's uh, <laughs> I, I don't often go out and, and um, chat with people when I'm at games. Um, you know, so if you do come, you know, feel free to come up to me and, and say hi and always love to hear that if you're enjoying the show or if you're not enjoying the show, you know, that's um, maybe save that for email, though. I don't know if I want that face to face, but a weird business to get in for someone who's not the best in uh, in social situations. I, I've uh, I, I believe it or not, I've actually overcome quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> we let you in the school building here. Joe. That's Sorry, true. I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> I can't be that weird. Right. Um yeah, someday I'll have to tell you the story about the the first time I tried to call a coach on the phone when uh, when I was in college. It was uh, it, it was weird for the next podcast. I think they call that a teaser in the biz. Joe. A teaser? Oh, we want to get into that next week. Okay, all right. Well, maybe that'll be our final thought next week. Is uh, we'll have story time. Sounds good. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for this week. Uh, Chris, thanks again for doing this. 
and uh, I, he is, he's Chris Hetler, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach and AD. I am Joe Marcellina. We'll talk to you next week, and have a great week.